Hi, everyone. I'm Maya Fleming, and you're listening to Gentler, a podcast about postgrad life, adulthood, and self-care. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Gentler Chat. Today, I am talking with Josanta Gray. She is a brand and business maven. She's worked with incredible brands like Beauty Bakery and Colored Rain, and she is the founder and CEO of Grayscaled Media. We talked about finding balance as an entrepreneur, gaining confidence in your skill set, and of course, self-care. Stay tuned on my Instagram at GentlerPod because I'm actually collaborating with Josanta on a really fun giveaway and I'm excited to let you all know more details about that soon. All of her information can be found in the show notes and let's go ahead and get into it. Hi, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. So I want to give you the chance to kind of talk about who you are for a minute and what you do and just some general information about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Joe Santa. I'm the founder and CEO of Grayscale Media, and Grayscale really is a boutique consulting and brand management firm that helps Black-owned businesses navigate a couple of different things, brand partnerships being one of them, as if uh, the client may want to partner with an influencer or talent, and the other arm being helping with retail operations, so helping my clients prepare to enter into the Sephora Ultras of the world and helping them navigate um, that since it's a, a daunting task for indie brands if they've never done it before. Yeah, and when did you get started doing that? Like, what's, what's your story as far as all that goes? Yeah, so I started Grayscaled about a year and some change ago. Uh, it really was born out of my two other jobs that I had before that. One where I worked at a talent agency here in Los Angeles in the licensing department. And my job at the talent agency was to put together partnerships on behalf of our talent and uh, develop strategies for where their different products should go across retail and different categories. And then after that, I went to Beauty Bakery and I was their chief operating officer responsible for helping to do a more retail strategy and development and really just being the internal Olivia Pope, which is where (laughs) I've gotten the name of being the Olivia Pope of beauty. So really leaning into the facts of of now with my company being a fixer for my clients. If they have an issue, they come to me and we we talk about the strategy and sort out the ways that they should move forward. That sounds so cool and like a lot of fun. Um, I always like puzzles and things and things like that always um, sound amazing to me. So I've been asking everyone on the show, what self-care is looking like for them right now? What self-care methods are you loving, are you using in general? Um, If you haven't been doing much self-care, just what it's looking like for you currently? It's been changing over the course of quarantine. I must say in the beginning when we were all stuck at home, cooking was my self-care routine where I would just get in the kitchen make a new recipe and and that gave me some joy to actually just check out not be on my phone mm-hmm. um my new self-care routine really has a lot to do with unplugging just because mm-hmm. of everything that's been happening the last few weeks and all of the, the the rest of the world kind of recognizing that i'm black my friends are black you're black mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a, now a lot of 
pressure for us to respond to some of the new revelations that other non-Black people are ha having. So I've had to really just make an effort to turn off my phone, make a point to, if I'm going to watch TV, I, I want to watch something that's funny and something that's right. light uh, and really just try to cut back because fighting these battles, uh, it's hard. And we've been doing it for a while. You know, I've been Black every day for 30 years. Right. So for <laughs> people to now ask me, oh, how can I help? Um, it's a lot. It's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm, it's been really strange to me to just see how the whole world has come upon this revelation right now. And I've heard different theories as to why this time is the time that it happened, but it's all still like very like, like, oh, so now y'all see, like now y'all can acknowledge that Aunt Jemima is racist and mm -hmm. you should have black people on your board. Stuff that I've always like known and heard in class. It's just interesting, like why, like why now? But it is a lot to deal with, with everyone trying to be helpful and well-intentioned, but also blowing up your inbox and doing a whole bunch of stuff because it isn't new to us. Like you said, we've always been black. So it's like, and okay, it's, well, nothing really changed with me, but. Yeah, and it's so weird because it, it's one of these moments where you feel seen, but you're so used to walking through spaces being somewhat invisible or walking mm -hmm. through spaces with the expectation that you aren't accepted and knowing how to maneuver that. So for now, there to be this spotlight and everyone's kind of tuning in and they're wanting to buy Black, support Black. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're trying to be hopeful and think that this wave of activism is here to say and that people aren't doing this performative activism of, okay, let me add a, a Black person to my team. I mean, I appreciate all of the transparency that a lot of these different campaigns and challenges have produced over the last couple of weeks, but mm -hmm. it just... It, it makes me a little unnerved, like, okay, is, is some of this stuff coming from a genuine spot right. or coming from a place of guilt? Yeah, and I think that's always a conflict that's always been in my mind, like going to elite schools and things like that, being on, on scholarships, wondering like, okay, you know, I, look, I like to think, and I know deep down that it's based on my merit, but we always have that conflict of, is it just because I'm Black and you feel like you need to fill a quota Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So I, I totally relate to that. Um, you mentioned unplugging, and I have been trying to do that too. I'm sure a lot of people have been, but I I'll speak for myself. I have a lot of difficulty unplugging because my fingers are just used to tapping on my phone screen, and then when I'm away from my phone, my ears start making up all these sounds, and I'll swear someone has texted me, and no one has. How do you um, make it a little bit easier for yourself to stay off your phone, or is it not an issue at all for you? It's easier said than done just because, especially in these last couple of weeks, I and, and my company, all of my entire roster, all of my clients are Black with the exception of one. So mm -hmm. even though I feel exhausted and I want to unplug, untap, and just take some moments for myself, I have to capitalize off of some of the things that are happening right now for my clients. Like, this isn't the time for me to relax right. because this is the heightened moment of all of these conversations. So sometimes I do, it, sometimes it happens naturally where I'm not on my phone because the phone has died. I haven't given it a chance to charge. Mm -hmm. So by default, I got to plug it up, go do something else uh, to take my mind off of it. Or uh, I have two fur, wonderful fur babies. So we'll go mm -hmm. out for a walk. 
I'll try. It's I'm not someone that likes to work out. I really Me got neither. into it. <laughs> in the last year for my birthday I got into it because I was trying to get fit and all Mm -hmm. of this stuff but I've kind of been missing being able to go to the gym um which is weird which I never thought would come out of my mouth (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I definitely need to get like that a little bit closer but you know I I totally understand like because even with gentler we've been getting a lot more attention because of this current climate and everything and we want to make sure that we're taking advantage of all the opportunities but it's like okay when can I have some time to breathe and when can I just kind of recharge and 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 protect myself from everything passing along um kind of going along that even like, especially like during these times, but even even otherwise, as an entrepreneur, what are some of the regular like ongoing challenges that you find? In the back of my mind, I'm always figuring out and thinking about how to how do I grow? How do I make sure I retain a pipeline of having clients and being of mm-hmm. service to my community? That's what my company really was built upon was being able to take my experiences both the uh, mistakes that I've made that have cost maybe companies money or had that have been wonderful and passing mm-hmm. those on to smaller businesses because not every business has capital to recover from maybe a mistake that they've made within their operations so right. for for me it's always a constant grind of okay what should I be doing to make sure that there is a pipeline uh, there's also a, the nuances of having a business that you don't have to worry about when, you know, you're working a regular nine to five of filing your LLC or file, mm-hmm. figuring out like, is it a corporation? How do I even do my taxes? Like, who should I reach out to, to make sure that those things are properly taken care of? What does my back end look like? How am I properly making sure that I'm keeping track of the various tasks that I have on my plate? So mm-hmm. I, I have gotten to a point where I'm like, I feel like I'm a client or two away from needing an intern. Okay. But then mentally, I'm also just like, well, just wake up early, girl. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I recently hired an assistant who is my little sister, but it was a lot more freeing just to know that I don't have to be babysitting the email inbox and I can focus on, um, you know, more creative things out of gentler, but there is always that, that guilt of like, okay, but is it really that hard to just check your emails and do this kind of thing? But it is a lot more freeing. Um, when it comes to like all of the, the things you talked about filing LLC and like knowing how to develop the pipeline, pipeline and all of that stuff, when it comes to that knowledge and education, do you depend on like your past job experience that you mentioned before, or do you like just do a, a wild Google search or have you invested in coaches and things like that? Like how do you typically locate that information? Cause I know a lot of the listeners are kind of thinking about starting their own brands and entrepreneurship. And I personally am always interested in the best ways to grow and scale that are the most efficient. Same. And I, I'll say that on a personal note, I'm very resourceful. So mm-hmm. yes, I'll go to I'll go to Google University if I don't know anything mm-hmm. and, and check there. But also I think being an entrepreneur and being a successful entrepreneur, one of the key traits that I think will be so useful as you grow is understanding the power of delegation mm-hmm. and understanding your strengths and weaknesses. So I don't know anything about taxes. Like I 
I can sit there and spend two, three hours doing my best Google search to learn like the basic tasks. But if that's not my strength, I need to find someone to delegate it to right. because that two, three hours that I spent trying to understand what the EIN number versus the sales tax ID number is, mm -hmm. I could have been spent doing something within my strengths to actually further and grow my business. Now mm -hmm. I've wasted time. So for me, it's, it's always just having an idea of this is what I'm good at. This is a service. Even if you're building a business and let's say it's a consumer product business and you're using Shopify, Shopify has reps. So you don't have to necessarily click around on Shopify for two, three hours figuring it out. You're probably paying monthly service or service fee or whatever it may be for an app or plugin. So reach out to them, ask them the questions, and then they'll obviously tell you in a couple of minutes and then you can go about your way. So for me, I, I don't have a problem asking for help or delegating when it's something that I just feel like I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to spend so much time doing this and I probably might right. end up doing it wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or like burning yourself out and making it difficult to do the stuff you do enjoy. Um, I like that a lot, like asking for help. That's difficult for me personally, but I, I've had to get better at that just because like you said, I don't want to waste time and I want to do things wrong when this, when the alternative will be so much easier. Um, do you look to any books or anything? Have you read anything recently that you think would be great for budding entrepreneurs or people who have been doing it for a while? I have. And for me, as I grow to be this serial entrepreneur that I'm, I'm hoping to be that has, you know, multiple fingers and different businesses and pots, it became really important to me to understand how people build wealth because mm -hmm. You know, you can write a bunch of things off. My, my fiance is actually a real estate agent. So oftentimes we have conversations about what paperwork you need to have in order to get a house, especially in LA, which seems very unattainable <laughs> given the prices. <laughs> yeah. But we, we have these conversations about like tax returns and like if how it negatively can affect um, your process to buy a house or do other things if you have too many write-offs. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of, for me, big picture. I wanted to understand how do I set up a nest egg for myself? I'm not working at a company where I'm going to have a 401k or some type of quote unquote retirement plan. Mm -hmm. So I need to think big picture in order to be able to do that for myself. So one of the books that I read was called Tax-Free Retirement by Patrick Kelly. And it's not, people shouldn't misconceive retirement as like, oh, you know, your grandparents when they retire when they're 62, 65, right. thinking really about how can your money work for you while you're sleeping and what can you do uh, upon retirement so it is tax-free because Uncle Sam really will come in and take a lot of the money that you've saved for yourself right. and I don't I don't know about you but I don't personally want that to happen so right. tax-free <laughs> retirement was like a top a really good book that I read that really helped me understand how to build wealth through life insurance and, and ways to set up those processes mm -hmm. and then the second book was Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki um, that one really just talks about ways to, to set up your life so you're able to pay yourself first pay Uncle Sam last and like still have fun and find a way to build wealth for yourself yeah, I've definitely heard a lot about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I feel like that's always like the go-to. Um, I'm interested in like everyone's thoughts about him, like given like the recent issue that the author has come under with um, like his, his backlash over his Black Lives Matter uh, tweets and all of that. But 
I'm sure, I, I think I've seen a, a lot of conversations saying that the people who did get something out of out of the book, you know, they can recognize that they don't agree with him on that issue, but they were able to still pull something out of it. Um, so definitely worth checking out if, if listeners are interested. Um, so this is a self-care podcast, obviously. So I am interested in hearing, like, what, if any, strategies do you use to keep your life balanced? I'm sure you have a lot of things going on just because entrepreneurship is a lot of things. Um, so how do you, how do you keep it all going? I will have to say part of it lately has been on my fiance who will look at me and and say it's 10 o'clock or will Mm -hmm. actively come over and like close my laptop on my hands, which he hasn't done before. Um, Because I I will get in the zone. I'm a workaholic, like very much so and will wake up, crank out all the tasks and like continue to plow through my to-do list. So for me, when it comes to balance, I do have to be very mindful of, all right, Sunday is the day that I try not to do any work at all. That'll be the Mm -hmm. Lord's day. I'll stream church. I'll go make something or I'll order food. And I really try to completely unplug on Sundays. And then also, especially over the last couple of weeks, really leaning into, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. If I just need to take a moment and cut off and just watch some TV and it's like in the middle of the day, then I just need to do that. And I can because I'm my own boss. So I don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about you know, someone being accountable or being like, where are you um, via email? Yeah. And did you um, start Grayscale like while you were still working a nine to five or did you completely like quit and then start your own company? Yeah. So I transitioned out of Beauty Bakery. I was in um, San Diego with the team and I moved back to LA and I really wanted to take some time to figure out like what is it that I wanted to do next um and so speaking transparently I applied for other jobs and I was trying to figure out yeah am I interested in this and quite frankly everything I applied for just didn't sound interesting like mm-hmm. even if they would call me back I was just kind of like eh, I don't mm. right this just it just doesn't feel in line with what I'm supposed to do and I've, I've had Grayscale's in the back of my mind and really my fiance kind of called me out and was like why are you applying for certain positions at these different companies when you honestly can just do this yourself and I'm like really I don't mm, I don't know I do but I really like getting a check on the first and the 15th yeah but then I had two instances one where there's an organization that I just worked with on the side casually where I would actually tutor um, SAT and ACT prep for first generation college students to help them one see some person that looks like them too that Mm -hmm. has gone to college and and two to help them through that test and really build their confidence and I um, in the back of my mind had wanted to reach out to the founder of that organization thinking hey maybe he might need some branding or marketing help like I should totally reach out I didn't do it. I dragged my feet. And then randomly one day I was tutoring a class and he showed up and it wasn't like, it wasn't normal for him to show up to my mm-hmm. class. It was out of his way. It wasn't near his house. And so I kind of was like, okay, God, um, this must be you because right. <laughs> you're not supposed to be here. And then he stayed around and actively asked me like, Hey, like I haven't seen you in a while. Like, what can I do? Like, how, what, like, let's catch up. Well, speaking of catching up, I was planning to reach out to you and we set a meeting and like literally within a week, everything that I had thought and was sitting on came to fruition. And so it was kind of like, wow. 
that was super easy. But then, of course, I, I still ignored it. And I didn't think Grayscale was going, I, I wasn't all in. I still was kind of prowling around the marketplace for other jobs. But then one day, uh, there was a girl, there was a musician that I had worked with while I was at Beauty Bakery. And I, in the back of my mind, she had been promoting this product on Instagram. And I really liked the product. It looked fire, but I had looked up where it was. And in order to get it at a store, I had to drive super far. So mm-hmm. I kind of was like, oh, maybe they need marketing, branding help. Maybe they need some distribution assistance. I should reach out to her to ask for an introduction. Didn't do it. Drag my feet. <laughs> locking my own blessings. One day I woke up and I had a text message from the musician. Mind you, we hadn't talked in months. We hadn't talked in months. There was no reason for her to reach out to me. She had other people she could have texted in regards to her request. And so with that, I was kind of like, all right, I get it. I'm supposed to be working on Grayscale. (laughs) That's so cool that even like, you know, despite your best efforts, it was still like happening. It was like, God was still like making it, making sure it happened. And that's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, that, I love, I love alignment and all of that. It's really awesome. Um, when you were like putting, I, I asked all that to, to kind of ask, like when you were kind of juggling with multiple things, how did you keep things balanced then? Cause I'm sure like, like you mentioned, you're able to, you know, midday cut the TV on and sit down and watch it. And that's a lot easier because you're your own boss, but whenever you, you, you know, you weren't your own boss, how were you able to keep things balanced in that way? Mm, That's a really good question. I I don't even know. I can't even say it was balanced. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't working out. I wasn't necessarily the healthiest. Um, I would be at the office from nine to seven for sure at minimum, Mm -hmm. sometimes maybe until nine, 10 o'clock. Um, depending on what it was that I was working on and then would bring the laptop home. Mm-hmm. And then if my fiance fell asleep, then I'd, you know, sneak it out and still do some stuff uh, as far right. as work. So I, it's hard to, I, I honestly, I'm not good at it. It's just, no, yeah. I'm not good at the balance. That's, so. that's definitely real. And I love when people are able to just like be open and honest in that way. Cause it's, it's hard. Like self-care is definitely a hard thing to balance, like doing it practically. Um, You know, whenever we get past like the, the basic like face mask and bubble bath and and those things are important and there's always a time and a place, but kind of being able to step aside and say, I need this in this moment, like that's difficult to do. And I'm still grappling with it every single day um, for sure. And I will say, I think sometimes when we say, what is your self-care routine? There's like this daunting response where you're expecting, or the person is feeling like they need to divulge this novel of things that they do, mm-hmm. to put them back in balance or, you know, get their equilibrium set. But when in reality, it could just be one thing. Yeah. And I, I do remember a time where I was going to get facials. And so that helped on the weekends because it really you know can't have your phone while you're doing that mm-hmm. um and I noticed in those moments like how exhausted I was because I would fall asleep on the table like right. 10 minutes in <laughs> yeah and she was and the woman who would do my face was like oh yeah you were tired and I was like yeah yeah <laughs> just go go ahead do your thing um do these extractions I'm gonna go ahead and just knock out and it was like a great hour mm-hmm. yeah I um 
got a facial in like a couple of days before the quarantine started and I realized like how 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 nice it was just to lay there like you said and be able to sit down and kind of visualize my future and just because my eyes have to be closed like I, I don't have any other choice so that was a great option um and we I've been talking on the show the past few episodes and having guests on and we've kind of been discussing that self-care sometimes like especially right now with everything going on is just handling your basic needs you don't have to have some some pretty thing to tell people about but you know self-care can be are you eating like regularly mm-hmm. are you drinking water have you gotten sleep are you are you showering taking care of your hygiene like whenever things get a lot heavier we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get our lives together and that's not necessarily what we need to need to focus on that's just it seems like a huge huge pill to swallow when really you just need something to take a bite off of so that you can push yourself to the next step um so I agree like people tend to to feel this pressure to relay some some huge and and like you said novel self-care practice when it, it's it doesn't take all that and, and we're not able to do all of that all the time yeah. so what um whenever you were starting all this what do you wish you had known bef- like at that point about entrepreneurship about being your own boss what what things do you wish someone had told you then I had always heard it was lonely but I didn't know really until I got mm. into it just because I definitely miss the office environment of having someone to bounce ideas off of or just to be like oh I gotta do this or just like you know not, I don't want to say misery loves company but you do like to have someone mm-hmm. around yeah. um, just to talk through like look at this to-do list and just like exclaim out and I recognize I work best when I'm able to get up and actually go someplace so for a while it was hard for me to be productive because working at home obviously I've gotten through it now with us being forced to do it so I have Mm -hmm. no issue but prior to it was just hard to like motivate yourself to get up at a certain time all right I gotta start like I don't necessarily have to start work at like eight or nine I can do it whenever I want or whenever the first call is so for me I wish I would have known how hard it was to actually emplace some discipline but Mm -hmm. once you do that at the end of the day it's just you not giving up by continuing to truck along continuing to send those emails continuing to still reach out and not second guess your instincts I think Mm -hmm. for me as an entrepreneur I'm really trying to lean into my instincts and the notions of years ago when I worked at the talent agency and like there were there were talent and people and brands that I identified as like oh this is the next thing and they very much so became the next big thing like I reached Mm -hmm. out to Fashion Nova before like I reached out to Fashion Nova back in the beginning when Shade Room had first started running like those ads yeah um and now it it is Fashion Nova as people know it and so for me it's like remembering oh you you have an eye for something you have an eye for seeing uh the scalability or that something is going to grow and really lean into it and don't second guess it figure it out figure out everything else later if you want to work with them if you identify there's something uh that's amazing about this particular person brand client that then do it don't second guess it yeah I like that a lot like trusting your intuition and all of that Um, given that, are there any like tangible, practical things you would have done differently? Any actions you would have taken in the beginning? 
I'm always curious about what would have happened had I done this alongside a regular nine to five, because, you know, a lot of people have their side hustle that they eventually turn into their main, but they're able to have some form of financial stability in the background while they they build this. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm always curious about what that would have looked like had I done it, um, just because, you know, having to live LA lifestyle and pay rent and you know also now plan and save for a wedding like all of these different outliers that are in the back of my Mm -hmm. mind like it it would just be nice if I got to work on this but then also have some level of financial security yeah it it definitely takes a lot of the pressure off um I'm sure like especially like working with clients and all of that but do you find it all that not having that financial security in the background like I'm sure like you find it pushes you harder but do you feel like it's it's a thrilling kind of push with that it's a daunting push but also very exciting uh, in one sense to know okay this uh, you kill what you eat like I did this myself and so Mm -hmm. I definitely had a moment yesterday where I was kind of in my feelings because I had a great business conversation and it really it really replicated and showed the fruits of some of the labor and like the things that I've sewed into my business and sewed into just even my own skill set. So seeing how Grayscale has grown from, you know, one to two clients, one to three clients, and now uh, many more along the roster that I'm working with at different levels. It's just good to sit back and see like, okay, this is, this is the table that I built for myself. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Like just being able to know like what you see around you, you built like that. That's really cool. Um, one last question before we before we get off. Do you feel like there are any ways um, that entrepreneurship, having your own brand contribute to your self-care practice or any ways that it threatens it? I definitely feel like at times for me, entrepreneurship threatens my self-care practice because I will do my work and reach out and and set calls and meetings from the perspective of my clients. Like, who Mm -hmm. who am I working on behalf? And oftentimes the tasks and things that I've let, that I've thought of for myself, my own brand building activities, they go by the wayside. Like Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about doing a podcast since the beginning of quarantine and I have yet to work on it. (laughs) (laughs) I have yet to actually record anything. I have yet to actually like sit down and figure out like what I want all of this to look like. Um, And that was more so that podcast and really deciding, okay, I want to do this for me. It's activity one that's brand building for me but two just just something completely separate from the day-to-day grind of what I'm working on um so for me I do feel like entrepreneurship threatens my self-care because I do have to make a point to prioritize myself at times yeah yeah I, I definitely can see that there there are things that I swore I would be doing whenever I found out I'd be staying home for quarantine that I haven't even started on. So I I agree wholeheartedly. Where can people find you online if they're interested in and learning more about you or working with you? Where can they, where where can they locate you? Of course, my Instagram handle is at Joe Santa, Joe and like Santa Claus G. So Joe Santa, J-O-S-A-N-T-A G. 
Nice. And I will have that in the um, the show notes as well for people to find and tag you on the Instagram and all of that when the episode goes live. So thank you so much for being in, here and talking with me, Jacinta. This was really cool. And just, it's always affirming, like talking to people. And I get excited knowing that other people also get to glean from the conversation and all of that. So thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences and expertise with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is a great podcast for people to really remind themselves of, hey, I need to check a post on how am I doing? Like we often Mm -hmm. forget, and I especially feel like with Black women, we're often so much of service to other people and we put ourselves last. And so we can't can't pour from an empty cup. So it's very important for us to make sure that we feel important to ourselves first. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, thank you so much again. And I will have everything in the show notes for all the listeners to, to find you. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gentler. If you enjoyed it, please give it a rate and review an Apple podcast. Follow us on Instagram for more self-care advice at Gentler Pod and check out our website for more info, www.begentler.com. Talk to you all soon. Bye.